Session two, talking about leadership. We're going to go into our session here, and this session is entitled Leadership Principle, Talent is Not Enough. Leadership Principles, Talent is Not Enough. What I will be sharing with you tonight will come from a book written by John Maxwell entitled Talent is Never Enough. Okay? Talent is Never Enough. That's the book that John Maxwell wrote. And so it had some really good things in there um, that will help us. And so want to get into it and share that with you um, regarding talent is never enough. Through John Maxwell's years of studying leaders and their habits, Maxwell discovered that people who succeed in what they do rarely succeeded by mere talent. I must say this, and probably I'm jumping ahead of my lesson here, but talented people get frustrated easy because of their talent. <laughs> They have so much talent that if um, someone is not doing something right, they get frustrated really easy because they figure they could just go ahead and do it and do it right. And so they get frustrated. And that should not be the case in the kingdom of God. Because, again, the kingdom of God, we know God ultimately is the one that's taking care of business. And so if you want to think your talent is going to be the one to do it, um, you're going to be in a bad place. I've watched for my own self over the years in church and watch, especially um, in, in choir settings, um, where the people that have less talent were more anointed. People who had talent, they, they don't stop to pray and think about, I need anointing. I need the help of the Lord. They just know, give me the mic. I got this. Give me the mic. I got this. And they sing in their ability. And while everybody listens to them, they say, wow, she can really sing or he can really sing. People weren't moved spiritually. And then you get someone that had some talent, but they had to rely on the spirit of God, the anointing to help them. And then people's heart was touched and the spirit of God moved. So got to be careful with the talent that we have because we'll let it frustrate us. And um, it will take us in a, in a dark place because we won't um, understand what's wrong because we have such great talent. Why aren't we seeing uh, a certain kind of results? He discovered, John Maxwell discovered, that every successful leader made choices that made their talent shine. Every successful leader made choices that made their talent shine. Without these correct choices, even though someone would, even though you may have talent, your talent was never good enough to succeed long term. Talent alone is not good enough to succeed long term. Here are some things that John Maxwell has learned about talent. If you need me to print this note. Print, print what I'm going to say to you later on and bring it to you, I will, because it's a lot. John Maxwell learned this about talent. 
Belief lifts your talent. By believing, your talent is lifted. So belief lifts your talent. Passion energizes your talent. Initiative activates your talent. Focus directs your talent. Preparation positions your talent. Practice sharpens your talent. Perseverance sustains your talent. Courage tests your talent. Teachability expands your talent. Character protects your talent. Relationships influence your talent. Responsibility strengthens your talent. Teamwork multiplies your talent. John Maxwell. Make these choices and you nearly make it impossible not to succeed. So if you make these choices, you're sure to be successful. Maxwell mainly focused his book on business leadership. However, we're going to take some of these principles and apply them to personal leadership in our lives and also leadership in ministry. Here's the illustration I want to share with you. The Ohio State football program has a team manual called the Winner's Manual. Listen to this, Brother D. I don't think um, Syracuse had a winner's manual. It's the code that the program wants their athletes to live by. In this manual, there's a chapter entitled, Things That Do Not Require Talent. Things That Do Not Require Talent. You see, the athletes who are recruited by Ohio State University are very talented in the area of playing football. Some can kick, some can catch, some just speedy, some can throw, whatever it is. But they have great talent. These are guys that have some of the best talents around the country uh, heading to college to play football. But the OSU football coaches realize that you can have all the talent, but if you make the wrong choices in life, that talent will not be enough to help you succeed. So they put together the winner's manual. And in this manual, you can find a chapter entitled, Things That Do Not Require Talent. It emphasizes characteristics to the athletes, such as punctuality, effort, patience, unselfishness. It makes note that not one of these things require any talent. So to be on time at church, no talent. The effort you give the Lord when you come in, worship, praise, no talent. Patient with people, no talent. Being unselfish, no talent. You can just do those things. You don't need talent. 
And it makes note that not one of these things require any talent. The OSU staff is trying to help their talented players realize that their talent alone is not enough. People who neglect to make right choices to release and maximize their talent continually underperform. They frustrate themselves and blame others. Their talent allow them to stand out, but their wrong choices make them sit down. So talent will make you stand out, but wrong choices will make you sit down. Their friends, families, and bosses see their giftedness, but they wonder why they are so often, or why they so often come up short of expectation. That's a big one. You're talented, but you always never seem to come up to expectation that people have for you. Clearly, you're making bad choices with your talent. Their talent gives them opportunity, but their wrong choices shut the door. Talent is given, but you must earn success. Talent is given, but you must earn success. Here's another illustration. In 2008, LSU had a promising new freshman quarterback by the name of Ryan Parallax. Parallax had already come off the bench when starting quarterback Matt Flynn was injured, and Parallax led LSU to two victories, including the SEC Conference Championship game. But Parallax began to miss team meetings. He left the campus and went home without notifying the staff. He was involved in counterfeiting investigation, a counterfeiting investigation. He was caught trying to enter a Baton Rouge casino with false identification. He was involved in a fight in a local nightclub. Finally, after, the, after three suspensions, Coach Les Miles kicked him off the team. Parallax was extremely talented. He was already being talked about for the Heisman Trophy. He was expected to be one of the best quarterbacks ever to play at LSU and maybe in the country. The NFL had already put their eyes on Parallax. He was the number one recruit in the country out of high school. He could have made millions in the NFL. But today... He plays for the New Orleans Voodoo, an arena football team where he makes about $20,000 a year. That's less than $1,700 a month. In the NFL, the average player makes $170,000 per month. Now, Parallax is an extreme example of bad moral choices. Again, you can have talent, but if you make the wrong choices, you're going to find yourself in a bad situation. But with all of that said, life is a matter of choices, and every choice you make makes you. 
We are faced with a number of major choices that determine where we go and if we succeed. What will you choose as a career? Who will you marry? Where will you live? How much education will you get? Who will be your friends? But one of the most important choice or choices you will make is who will you become? That's something we need to think about right now. Who will you become? So let's talk about choices we make that strengthen our talent. All of us have at least one talent, something we already are really good at. Remember I always tell you, um, whatever you're doing right now that you're really good at, God gave you that before you was formed in your mother's womb to use it in the kingdom. You're probably using it right now to make a living. You're probably using it right now to do other things. But that talent originally was given to you to advance God's kingdom and to bless you. Some are some of us here today and others that are probably not here are gifted talkers. Some are gifted listeners. Some are gifted administrators. Some are gifted in wisdom. Some are gifted in management. Some are talented in art or design. Some are gifted in technology. Some are creative. Some are talented in carpentry. Some are talented in music. Some are talented in working with children. Some with teenagers. Some with adults. Some are gifted teachers and preachers. And the list goes on. Of course, all of these have to be worked on and effort has to be put forth to further develop these talents. But everybody has a talent. And the choices you surround your talent with determine how far you go and how successful you become. One of the choices we make that strengthen our talent is belief. Belief lifts your talent. The first greatest obstacle to success for most people is their belief in themselves. Now, this might sound contradictory to the word, but just follow me a little bit here and you'll see how it works. Once people find out where they are most talented, the thing that hinders them isn't the lack of talent. It is the lack of trust in themselves, which is a self-imposed limitation. This is why you need someone in your life who champions you, who believe in you, and will encourage and instill confidence in you. Nobody get to where they get to by themselves. All of us could be gifted and have talents, but if we don't have someone in our life that will instill confidence, you're sharp. You know you can do that. If we don't have someone that says, I know a young man and that dude is so smart, he get all A's in his schoolwork. He can do that. We all need someone to encourage us and someone that will back us and say, I think you can trust that person. They'll do a good job. I've watched them. You need that. All of us need that. And that's something that I believe a pastor should really be good at. You're going to be a good pastor. You better be quick to back your people, support them, champion them, and always want what's best for them. Lack of belief can act as a ceiling on talent. 
And being a Christian, when God calls us to do something in his kingdom, it surprises us because we don't usually feel ready or equipped to take on the task. Let me say this. If you believe God called you to do something and you are all confident and feel like you are well equipped to do it, that's an indication God may not have called you to do that. If you within yourself feel like you have all the talent you need and you're equipped and you're good enough to do something God called you to do, God may not have called you to do that. Here is how it works. When God, God knows us better than we know ourselves. God recognizes your ability before you recognize it. And so when God calls you to do something, normally and usually, you don't think you can do it. You're not prepared to do it. I don't care how long you've been in church, because every level that he calls you to is a level that you're saying, okay, Lord. For years, I've walked among people that said, you know, God's going to use you to pastor one day. God's going to do great things in your life. And while I say, okay, I hear you, I mean, I've had people prophesy to me and told me, okay. But when the moment comes, you become intimidated saying, all right, God, I've never done this before. See, that's what it comes down to. You've never done it before. So if you've never done something before, but you think you can do it because you are equipped, you're in trouble. When we start checking people out in the church doing stuff that we've never done, but we feel like we have a gift and a talent that can do it better, you're in trouble. Because the things of God, as you will see, it takes more than your talent. But if you're resting all of what you think you can do on your abilities and your talent, you're in trouble. We have a tough time believing that we could ever do what he has called us to do. I mean, go through scripture. I don't know who we read about that's like, yeah, I was waiting for you to call me God because I'm ready to do that. Who did we read did that? Yeah, I couldn't wait. I was just waiting, Lord, because I knew you was getting ready to call me to do that. And I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. But when we know that God has called us to do something and we believe that if he called us, we must be able to do it. It unleashes a power in us that almost immediately takes us to another level. So here is what this is saying. When you know, this is why you hear preachers say this all the time and it's important, but sometimes they use it for the wrong reason. It's important to know when you know God called you to do something. Because that's where your confidence come from. He called me. Your confidence say he called me so I know he has it all under control. Not that I have it under control, but he has it under control. Because he's not crazy enough to call me to do something and have no idea what I'm going to do. That's why the call is important. And, you know, we've heard in the past, in the past you better make sure you're called. Yeah, but Why? Because it's the thing that's going to make you become confident that what you're about to do, you will be able to do because he wouldn't call you without equipping you to do what needs to be done. 
So the call is what's important. Not so much your ability, not so much your talent. It's the call of God when you know God has put this in my heart or I heard his voice or I had a dream and he confirmed it. Whatever way he chose to call you, you need to hold on to that because that's what's going to make you feel like, okay, I can get this done. Not because you're equipped and you have talent. That's not it. It's the call that makes you know. And so that's kind of how we have to look at it. God gives us vision. Vision is a picture of what we can become. So sometimes the call will be a vision. God show you something and you're like, oh my goodness. But if he shows it to you, it means that he will help you to fulfill what he called you to do. Your talent will not be lifted to its Highest level, unless you also have belief in yourself and what God can do through you. Again, you're believing what God can do through you, and that's what gives you confidence, not what you can do. Talent alone is never enough. If you want to become your best, you need to believe the best. Believe in your potential. Your potential is a picture of what you can become. Thomas Edison said, if we did all the things we are capable of doing, we would literally astonish ourselves. Too often we see what is, not what can be. So we're seeing what is. I think think women see what can be more often than men. This is why some women get some men and you say, what's she doing with him? She sees something in him. She sees what he can become. Usually when a guy sees a girl, ooh, she pretty. Ooh, she got this and she got that. We just stay right there. Women usually go beyond. I'm making him a good man. I can see him being this way. Vision will cause you to move in a certain way regarding the things that you see. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 And this is where we believe in ourselves. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That's what's supposed to make you believe in yourself, not your talent and your ability. But can we really do all things? The scripture said we can do all things and we can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us. But can we do all things? Can we dribble and dunk like Michael Jordan? Can we hit a golf ball like Tiger Woods? Can we run like Usain Bolt? No, I don't think so. But the scripture says I can do all things through Christ. So what is that talking about? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It means whatever God called me to do, I can do. So when you read that text, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. What you're saying is whatever God called me to do, I can do. Because he called me to do it, I can do it. That's the way it works. It's not because I'm great. It's not because I have all these abilities. It's because he called me to do it. It doesn't matter how difficult the task may be. It doesn't matter how outlandish it may seem. If he called me to do it, I can do whatever he has called me to do. It can be even being a husband or being a wife or being a parent or 
education. Listen, if he called me to do it, I can do it. And that's where you got to hold on, what you got to hold on to. You may be shy, you may be quiet, but if God has called you to preach, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Uh. <laughs> I've got to believe in my potential, the thing I can become. Too many people fall short of their real potential. Real potential. Charles Schultz said, life is a 10-speed bike. I never heard this one before. I had to get this down. Life is like a 10-speed bike. Most of us have gears we never use. When you ride a 10-speed bike, I remember back in the day I rode a 10-speed bike, bike. I might have kept it in three. I think three was the main one I kept it in. Every once in a while you want to fool around just to be an idiot and put it at nine or 10-speed and you can't move. But, but for the most part, you keep it at three. But most of us don't try all those gears. And so this is what Schultz is talking about, that life is like riding a 10-speed bike. You know, it have a lot of gears, but we usually don't use all the gears. What are we holding back that could push us into another dimension or level in our lives and in the kingdom of God? Here's a good illustration. We're almost there. Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, make sure you tell also about this woman who has broken the alabaster box and poured this sweet ointment upon me. We've all heard about this woman and what she did. She broke the alabaster box of precious, expensive perfume and poured it out on Jesus. Hmm. Understand this, that she didn't just open this bottle. That's not what she did. She broke the bottle open. Our offering to God many times is just poured out in measure. Pouring out little drops according to how we feel or how busy we are. But this woman, she didn't open the alabaster box. She broke it. Here's a lesson in this. And this lesson is you can either open the bottle or you can break the bottle. And most of us, how we deal with God and what he's called us to do is by opening the bottle, giving him what we feel like we should give him when we feel like we should give it to him. But when you break that bottle, you don't have control over it anymore. You're just like, here it is. It's all here. When you break it, you can't control how it comes out. All of us who have wonderful control, it's because we are open and not broken. If we ever get broken, we won't be able to control how it comes out. What she had been saving up, she broke it at his feet. God wants what you have been saving up. He wants what you have been holding back. It's going to just keep on growing and getting better and getting better with us. I just feel like that's what we need to do. And as long as we're controlling 
what's coming out. We're, 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 we're quenching what God wants to do in our life or we're slowing down the process by pouring it out as opposed to breaking it. We're slowing down the process. And I feel like, I know for me this is the only experience I have. When I got in church, I only had one, one speed. I didn't know no other way. Didn't know where it was taking me, but I knew I was serving God. And so I will encourage you tonight, if you have been pouring out, you need to just go ahead and break the bottle. If you save whatever you're saving, you have broken God. But when you have broken, broken the bottle, you have gained God. So when God has trusted you with a talent, has given you a talent, and you're holding back on it, he's hurt. He's disappointed because he gave you that talent to use you, to work through you. And by you holding on to that talent, you break God. But if you will use it, then you gain him. You have got to believe that when God or when you give God more, you will receive more and you will become more. Here's a woman who pressed her way into the curriculum, the books of the gospel, because she went past what everybody else was doing. Just think about it. Everybody was just chilling all around Jesus, and she just went beyond what everybody else was doing. I don't know if we realize that God honors that. That if you just go past what everybody else, the norm, if you just go past and says, God, you're worth it. I'm going past the norm and I'm going to give you more. I don't know if we realize how much God will respond to us in a great way. What can you do to be more effective in your ministry? What classes can you take? What people can you talk to? What books can you read? What mentors can you pattern yourself after? What successful program can, can you glean from? When we are trying to reach our potential, it's a self-imposed limitation. Or I should say, when we're not trying to reach our potential, we are imposing self-limitation. Life is difficult enough as it is without imposing additional limitation on ourselves. Charles Schwab said... When a man has put a limit on what he will do, he has put a limit on what he can do. Hmm. We have the potential to have the best of a lot of things. We have the potential to have the best prayer ministry. We have the potential to have the best sound ministry. We have the best potential to have the best media ministry, the best usher and hostess ministry, the best parking team, the best youth department, the best adult ministry, the best music department, the best outreach team, the best prison ministry, the best nursing home ministry. We can teach the most Bible studies. We can be the best at connecting new members. We can be the best at following up on guests. 
Your potential is really up to you. It doesn't matter what others may think. Let's ask some questions. What are you leaving behind? What does it look like where you have been? Is it the best you can do or can you do better? Not reaching your potential is a tragedy. To reach your potential, you've got to first believe and determine to live way beyond average. To lift your talent, you have got to believe in what you're doing. Mm. Mm. I know the nurses believe in what they're doing. Are we believing in what we're doing and serving the Lord? There is no greater mission than what we do for God. If you're half-hearted about other things, you might get away just being average. But we can't just be average at doing the things that we do for God. Average is not acceptable. What do you do for God? What you do for God brings power in your life. Whatever you do for God brings power in your life. When you put your hands on any duty in the kingdom of God, you're putting your hands on eternal things. Remember what Jesus said? You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Whatever you shall do is going to be endued with power when you put your hand to it. If God said it and you do it, you will see the power behind it. Benjamin Franklin said, Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by change. Belief determines action. A linguist, which is someone who studies language, with Wycliffe Bible, said this. Twenty of the world's most primitive language, the word for belief is the is same as the word for do. In 20 different languages, the word belief is the same as the word do. You can't say you believe and don't do. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but you know the Wright brothers invented planes, right? Well, I just found out that a guy by the name of, uh, what's his name here? Let me see if I have his name here. Uh, don't have his name here. But... There was a guy before the Wright brother that had made an airplane. And because he lacked confidence and because he just didn't believe, he left it in his garage. Wright brothers came along, did what they did, had to break through plane flu. He finally pulled his plane out and started flying it. He never got credit for being the first plane that was made. <laughs> he didn't believe his own stuff. 
And so the Wright brothers got credit for the flying the first plane, right? I tell you. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who want to get things done and those who don't want to make mistakes. The only way you can rise to meet the challenge effectively is to believe and expect until it produces action. You don't overcome challenges by making them smaller. You overcome them by making yourself bigger. Hmm. This is a book that, if you'd like to pick it up, you can. But it's a wonderful book, and I have four lessons um, that I can teach you from on... um, this whole talent business. And so the book is entitled Talent is Never Enough. This is lesson one of leadership teaching that talent is never enough. And so we'll stop right here tonight and end Talent is Not Enough, session one. Maybe the next time we do leadership, we'll try to teach session two and three. And we'll keep on moving. But understand this, that we all have talent, but God say talent is not enough. Questions? Go ahead. Come on up. Amen. Here come Brother Sam. Brother D, you got to speak in the microphone too, Brother D. I want to hear. I want to hear your question or your suggestion or your comment. Oh, oh, but yeah, you come on and tell me about coaching. Go ahead, brother Sam. I stirred him over no, there. No, no, no. I stirred him over there. He my, didn't want to hear about Syracuse. Mine's not a question. Go ahead. It's just to say when you say talent is not enough. Uh huh. Like me, I believe like your heart trumps everything. Mm hmm. Because talent go get you but so far, but if your heart not in it, you're not gonna get nowhere. Yes. And that's what I tell my sons. I uh-huh. say, if you're going to pick a career, uh-huh. make sure your heart in it. Because uh-huh. if your heart is in it, then you're going to quit. I that's right. You're going to quit. So don't waste your time. That's right. You just got to put your heart in it. That's, that's, that's where belief comes from. Okay. So, so belief, that's where you want belief to be. You want belief to be in your heart. Because when you have belief in your heart about something, then you would get it done. But if you don't have no belief, this is why we say belief calls you to, 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 to put action behind what, you know, is in your heart. I actually have a similar statement to what you said that uh, my coach has always told me that talent has an expiration date. And uh, I just know, like, from my career and my job, there was always more talented people than me, but I always outworked them. Outworked them to the point to where they just they gave up. So I know hard work is, is means more than talent. Hold on, why are you getting the mic to her? You know what's funny about what he said? I was telling someone the other day, I said, if you in your 40s and up, you won't be out of a job. Because the generation below us, they just don't have that hard work in them. And so the deal is because they don't have the hard work. There's always hard work that's out there. And so we will never starve because we can work hard and they're just like, 
Man, I don't want to work hard. So they're trying to stay away from hard work, and we're saying whatever it takes to make a buck and to take care of the family, that's what we do. And I like that talent um, has an expiration date because you're living, you're living proof of that, right? When you was um, 19, you was a beast, right? <laughs> he was 19, he was a beast. You know, he tried to be the man at Syracuse, and now you couldn't do what you did when you were 19. So t- talent do have an expiration date. Yes, ma'am. I'm just going to speak from, I, I can say that I believe that I'm pretty very talented in a lot of different areas. And I'm not a bolster. That's just how I am. I am a talented person. But I just want to make sure that we clarify that you're not speaking against talent. We do need talent. God given us all talent, but it's the anointing with the talent that makes it work. So it's okay to be talented, but you have to be anointed first. And then when the anointing and the talented well, work hand in hand, God, that's when it works. God, talents come from God. So there's no way we can say it in a derogatory way. But what we're saying is talent is not enough if you think that you can just sit back and just only operate off of your talent. So whatever you do, as a matter of fact, I I would go as far as to say, and I made mention of that, I can spot somebody, if if I'm really living for God, I can spot somebody operating in talent and somebody, I'll, I'll use Tanyelle as an example. So Danielle has been around me for a long time, and she is the person that I've asked for years now to create flyers for, you know, ministry, create postcards for ministry, create this and that, all kind of things. And um, when God called me on this secret mission, I wasn't using her because I didn't want even her to know what God was calling me to do. And so I try to use some other people to help me with what I needed. Yeah, I didn't know that. And, well, you could know. You know, I, I wasn't telling anybody that that's what God was doing. And so I tried to get some other people. You know how hard it was to get uh, the individual to kind of get a, a, a grasp, a clear vision of what I was trying to communicate to him to, to get what I need done. And it was so hard. And it was just Yes, she was with me for a long time, but I just believe that when, when, when the Spirit of God is helping you to do what you need to do with the talent that you have, that's the game changer right there. That's the game changer right there. So, yes, God gives everyone talent. Even those that are not serving God today, they have God-given talent. That's why an athlete can be interviewed many times, and he says, I thank God for this God-given talent. Or you hear people saying, he's just got some God-given talent, because by now the whole world realizes talent comes from God. So we can never say anything bad about it because it came from God, but we can't sit on that talent and just only perform from that talent. Because talented people are some of the most frustrated people when they don't get with God and allow God to work through them because they sit around and they can clearly see. You see how she sat there calm and says, I'm talented. See that? That's just not her. That's all these extra, extra talented people. Me and you got probably one talent. You know, Danielle and some of them other people, they got a whole lot of talent. But what they do is sit around, they know. Oh, I I got talent. I know I do. The question now is, are you going to sit there and criticize? Are you going to sit there and wait for somebody to say, you've got the talent, come on forward. Or are you going to do the brother D with all the talent that you got? 
can you make it clear that I'm not the one that's disgruntled and sit around? Please, like, make that clear. Because <laughs> I don't do that, do I? I didn't say that. Okay, just I, make I, that clear. I, I didn't, look at you, getting all sensitive. No, now. I just want to make sure. No, I, no, you're not the one that do that. And I'm not talking about anybody specific. I am just saying that over the years I've watched how talent work. And what happens is people with talent get gets thrown off a lot because they feel like when they walk in the room, they scope the room out and they know what they can do. And they know majority of the times wherever they walk in, they're the best. And that alone defeat them. Because they don't walk in saying, I'm going to work my butt off to get where I got to get to and do what I got to do. They walk in saying, oh, no big deal. And that, that, that ruins them. So that's why Maxwell wrote this book that talent is never enough. Because, you know, just like the dude Parallax that we, we read about, that quarterback, come on, dude, dude, you could have been a millionaire, but you just kept on showing up. And, and you see it, I know for those of us that are in sports, we see it all the time, people that are entitled. They just show up entitled because why? One of the biggest things that I don't understand is how businesses will, will give celebrities free stuff and the celebrity is already rich. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, why does celebrity give? And it's not like he goes around and says, you gave me some free stuff. Because yeah. he doesn't want to look cheap. So if he goes to, if a celebrity goes to, you know, uh, one of the fancy restaurants in New York and get a free meal. He don't go around saying, I got a free meal. Because you look cheap. He's not like Oprah. Oprah give up the money. She take care of you. But but celebrity athletes and them, they go around and people take care of them, and they don't say anything about it. They just, you know, because what, and then they become entitled. Everywhere they go, they expect to be taken care of. That's what talented people do. They, are in, they walk around with an entitled attitude and feel like wherever I go, everybody cater to me because I can do things nobody else can do. And we can't bring that in God's kingdom because God... We'll weigh that, and if that's the case, God will make you look silly with all the talent that you got. Right. You will look like an idiot sitting around, and then you're going to get this gruntle. Um, and I'm telling you, I've seen it, especially in um, singing. Mm. I've seen it. The singers show up, give me the mic. Yep. Because they're like, none of them can sing like me. <laughs> but sooner or later, you'll find yourself in a bad place. And you know what you do when you find yourself in a bad place? You're bitter, you're angry, and you're blaming somebody for your situation because you can't understand how you have this kind of talent and you're not, as, and you're not more successful than you are. So, yes, God bless us with talent. We need talent to do stuff. I said we need a, we need a talented person to play um, the organ, the keyboard. We need talented people to play drums. We need talented people to do things because God gives us talent. But I don't want people doing stuff when they're just relying on their talent. Mm -mm, that, that won't work. So talent is not enough. Any other question? Any comment? Other than Brother D can work you under the table. Work everybody a progressive under the table. I don't need a microphone. I know you got a loud mouth, but we said we're recording I, I just needed um, the copies of um, the beliefs in talent. Like you said, you could make some copies. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll like, I'll so the lesson we just taught, you want me to bring a couple of copies of it? Please. Okay. Thank you. 
I'll bring some copies of it. Everybody else good? Friday night? Y'all still got time. <laughs>